Welcome to the Old Souls and Seekers podcast brought to you by Satori Prime. If you're anything like us, you've been around and around the personal development and mindset block quite a few times. You've read the books, watched the videos, attended the seminars, and even worked with a coach or two, and yet you still find yourself searching for more. You may even feel stuck or that you should be farther along than where you are right now. And after doing over a decade of mindset work, we've come to this realization. Mindset work is like a small hit of dopamine that distracts you from your true work. You get these little hits of feeling better only to be met with the same underlying conditions and patterns over and over again. Now, mindset was an important part of your evolution as well as ours, but it hits a plateau and now you find yourself ready for that deeper layer of growth and expansion. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're ready to get off that Ferris wheel. This podcast is only for those that are ready to dive deep and do the real inner healing work. For those that are ready to move past more information into actual experiences. If you're looking for more understanding, then you've come to the wrong place. This is a home for old souls ready to fully embrace and remember who they truly are. Ready to make a profound difference in their lives and in the lives of others. So welcome home, dear one. We're excited to be part of your journey. Hey, buddy. Just make sure you unmute. I said, I want to know from you people out there, when you hear that music, does it not get you excited for like what's coming? Are you like, oh yeah, it's that time of day. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm like Cartman. I, I, I get really excited when I hear that music. It's like I have a meditation music. Do you use the aura ring for meditation? music sometimes sometimes oh my god they have that harmonic something whatever it's like my body hears it and it's like yeah i totally get it it's like programmed in somehow this song is is programmed in for like good things are coming (laughs) something's gonna happen yeah that's awesome uh by the way adrian i just uh i shot you a message on uh, messenger so uh take a look if uh if you haven't already let's start saying hi to some people marcia from south carolina sunny south southern california welcome uh ritu our lovely coach welcome deborah from florida we're in florida deborah i'm in boca um april happy to have you back adrian here from espanja we got April from New York. Beautiful. Jeanette is here. Ashley Ellis, welcome back. Uh, Jeanette Garcia, welcome, welcome. Nice. Ah, Veronique, you're so sweet. Another one of our amazing coaches. <clears throat> the best music is from the 28-day meditations week three and four. Yeah, it is so interesting how like there's an association, right? And like, almost like you, you hear that song and it just kind of like puts you into a state. Um, so yes, uh, Megan Steele, I hope you are staying 
out of the fires and, and safe over there. I think that's kind of that, that same area. We have uh, Corey, who you, some of you guys probably already know because you've just uh, you know had conversations with him. He's, uh, he's in Kelowna and also one of our coaches, Andrea, also out there. So, um, okay, well, um, we are going to dive in today um, talking about fear. Is that correct, bro? That is correct. Okay. Do you remember that? Do you remember that time we used to do the fear hunting thing? I do remember. How many of you guys are doing MMI? Uh, raise your hand or say yes in the chat box and let us know. Yeah, I do remember. You know, it's interesting. I was actually thinking about it the other day. Um, I was like, would we still do that today? And I know we wouldn't do that that program in, in quite the same way. Um, and I was actually thinking about it. Like there's still, if I were to reframe it today, I think noticing where there's fear is still one of our greatest learning opportunities. I don't necessarily know that I would have people uh, break arrows with their neck today. Anywhere. Because of the, the potential for, for bodily trauma. Well, I, I remember like certain people, even Jasmine, right, who's here and was in that program. Mm-hmm. I remember like her and uh, her name slips me right now. The one mm-hmm. that we from the oh, Avia, how uh, that, that response to the body. Yeah. And that can make sense if there's a lot of trauma in this particular area of the body or, or rooted trauma. And she, so, for certain, you've had a million percent had it. Jasmine, you know, Jasmine, so was, Jasmine had like a visceral physical reaction to that. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. the point was to cause the reaction and there's a variety of reactions. Um, first of all, before we jump into all the stuff today with fear, I actually have a kind of crazy story from this weekend, an experience that I did that might be a little bit edgy to even talk about. And I'll take that into consideration as I, describe um what i'm going to describe here um and i understand that it might even trigger some people and i'll I'll give a background of why i did this particular experience because it was very triggering for me and i felt inclined to want to put myself into that environment to see what um how i felt about those particular things so i'll I'll say more about that in just a second at a really really interesting weekend where i didn't sleep very much um but it was a really intensive dive into a world that i know nothing about and uh, before we go into that, we're, we're, we're coming up here on, we're less than a month away from our next live event. So if you are watching uh, this right now, okay, gotcha. If you're watching this uh, right now um, and you would like to participate in our next uh, two-day live event, we call that the Intuitive Mind Live. Um, I highly recommend you take an opportunity to enroll and get yourself a ticket um, if you haven't been to these events, they're incredible. If you have been to these events, you know they're incredible. Uh-huh. Um, something we did start with our last program that we're continuing in this program is if you do enroll and get a ticket, you can actually buy one, give one, which means you're you're actually getting a two for one with the tickets. So you can, um, here, I'll put it up there right now so you guys can see. So for a 48 hour window, um, if you're watching this on replay, you can take advantage of it too you can get that ticket for 50% off right now. It actually includes two tickets. So you can give one to your favorite person. 
a family member, a friend, a colleague. And if you have someone who's in the developmental space and you know would get a lot of value from listening to these guys uh, chat about these things and about awareness practices, how to deeply heal, things of that nature. This is, um, I mean, for us, one of our favorite things to do. It's also a celebration for our community to come together. And you guys have probably heard us mention at some point in time, but I'll mention it here again. Healing kind of happens at three levels. It's the uh, self-to-self practices or one-to-one practices. It's the self-to-other practices, so sitting with another human being, and then self-to-group practices, and then group back to self. And the reason this, this is because trauma was not something that happened to you solo. You weren't in a room by yourself when trauma happened. It's almost exclusively when other people are around. We can certainly start traumatizing ourselves internally through judgment and stuff like that. But that's unusual for a child to do at an early age. That kind of comes later when you're an adult and you uh, internalize the, the judging voices of your parents and, and of your society. And then you start judging yourself through that lens. And so the intuitive mind, as well as some of our more advanced level uh, two and level three programs are done in a group setting because healing has to happen at those three levels, self to self, the kind of meditation practices that you guys do here with us, self to other, for those of you guys who are in more advanced work, the many practices that happened and, you know, uh, sitting with another human being, co-regulating nervous systems and mapping each other's healthy parts and, and letting uh, things move through and then doing work at, at the level of group so we can heal from the foundation all the way up. And that's why we love doing that because it brings the group energy together. And one of the really fundamentally awesome things about being in a group where a lot of people are very practiced in holding higher states of consciousness is that when a lot of people are, are holding those nodes it makes it easier for novices or new people who have not experienced those states yet to drop into those states, right? Like if, if, if I was going to meditate on my own, like a few years back to go into the states that now I more or less live in would have taken me three or four days of like regular meditation practices for very extended periods of time. Today, it's, it just stabilizes over time and as you do it. So to get these tastes and these glimpses at the level of group allows for you to enter a uh, much, much higher um, states of awareness and start really recognizing, well, how do I do this? And then, you know, once you taste it, you can kind of feel the quality of that and direct yourself back there in your self to self practices and in yourself to other practices. So it amplifies the work and allows for, I hesitate to say acceleration because that kind of puts a, an expectation that it's going to speed things up, but it is going to certainly help you identify the qualities of that awareness in your own experience. So really good idea to come to these events. And again, we, uh, we think we supercharge the value by letting you give a ticket away to a friend or family as well. And we'd love to uh, support you and having people around you doing this work as well, because that really promotes just a healthier, um, healthier lifestyle, a healthier environment for you and the people around you and to like have co-regulative co-regulative practices inside of a relationship, whether it's with a parent or a significant other or a child is relationship changing forever. And I can tell you from personal experience that that's true. Okay. So do you want to kick off the fear thing or should I just tell my, uh, my story? Um, yeah, I'm just afraid if I kick it off, then the story may not, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you start with the story. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I want to give you guys the whole, the whole story, but I want to give you context. This, uh, this past weekend, I did something that's deeply, deeply uncomfortable for me um, mm -hmm. because um, 
it's just not environments I've spent time in. So a friend of mine who grew up in um, a culture from a very young age where he went hunting here in San Diego um, more recently has gotten licenses to teach and train people uh, what he calls an ancestor life. So it's a, to go back to uh, kind of primal roots of what it means to fend for yourself, to go out into the wilderness, to hunt uh, big game. And so there's a lot of context here. It's not just about hunting. It was obviously learning about uh, weapons and ammunition and gun, like what's appropriate and uh, seeing like how things feel for you. So they took us like way, way out into the San Diego desert on this uh, 5,000 acre private land. And we got to just assess all sorts of uh, weapons and shoot at these like makeshift ranges, which I'm very uncomfortable around guns to begin with. Maybe you are too. Um, and the second part was to actually learn how to homestead. So on the second day we spent uh, eight hours on his homestead where he grows chickens, uh, also uses those chickens to take their lives and, and feed him himself and his family, the eggs, uh, organic growth on the, on his little plot of land and just like really learning about how do you grow chickens? How do you uh, set yourself up for homesteading and, and creating your own food? And then the last day was a, a simulated hunt. We actually went out into uh, Palomar Mountain. If anybody knows San Diego, 6,000 feet elevation. I had to wake up like 4.30 in the morning, meet him out there with all this gear, like walking these very, very high hills in these mountains and like simulating what it would be like to track a big game and, and ultimately, you know, um, uh, kill that animal so however you feel about that because i feel a lot about that personally um i just want to say like i was very afraid to do all these things very uncomfortable for me it's one, one of the reasons i wanted to do it i'm turning 40 and about i don't know what's the date today like less than two weeks here and just i had this calling when he put that up i'm like you know what i don't know because i've never been given the opportunity nor wanted to take life from an animal about what that would feel like but it would feel to me and this is what i kind of learned from this weekend a few things i could just divest here is first and foremost most of us are very disconnected from the food chain and what we're putting into our bodies and i've always thought as something as a really um kind of evil thing to do personally um but i also know that i'm very opposed to uh big agro and, and agricultural farming mm -hmm. in terms of animals and factory farming because i know the animals live in fear uh, they're not treated well they're not eating the food they're supposed to be eating and all that kind of stuff and what i really learned from this weekend is if you are against big agro and you're against factory farming and the way animals are being treated there then in a lot of ways you actually want to be or begin to be uh pro hunting because these guys go out there they can work a week to two weeks at a time to take literally one shot at this animal their goal is always to shoot them in the vitals to you know, try to limit um, the pain that the animal's feeling. So if you put in, in contrast, it's like either a lifetime's worth of, you know, fear and pain that this animal lives in versus a very short period of time that the animal uh, might be in pain. And then, you know, the, the effort to get the animal out and then to make sure that they're uh, using that animal to feed their family for like an entire year is really different than every time we want a steak or a chicken that we go like kill that animal right um even if we're not in relationship to it and i've never had to deal with uh potentially taking a life of an animal and i tried to do that with a chicken and i, I actually couldn't do it um so yeah sally singh is vegan and, and i totally get 
all those different things. And again, I understand that what I'm saying here could be really triggering, but that's why I wanted to go to be educated on these things to find out if that's something I would ever do. And I have a personal inclination that I would prefer to be like as much off grid as possible and self-sufficient in terms of my food, in terms of my water, in terms of my energy. Uh, I imagine a lot of you guys probably have those dreams inside too. And that's something I could see myself working towards long-term, but if I don't know what that takes, then how am I ever going to get to that goal? So that's why I spent um, probably close to getting 30 hours of training this past weekend on all those different aspects so that I can start learning about this stuff. And I, I do think that there is something currently missing uh, in our human experience that most of us have never had to face that moment and that choice of taking a life. And I've had to deal with what that brings up in our body. And that clearly was something that humanity was doing for millions of years for a very long time. And that was just a rite of passage from both men and women in our culture. And for the last 100, 150 years, we're so disconnected from our food. And that just feels like there's something wrong about that. Like if we all had to face that moment of taking a life, whether we could do it or not, I, I'm telling you right now from my experience, it would completely change your relationship to what's on your plate and how it got there. So I, I say all that. And again, I get you might be in a lot of places about what I said. Um, I'm a New Yorker. I wasn't around guns. I certainly wasn't around animals growing up. So um, to me, that was just an important area of my psyche and my body to investigate. I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do with that yet. I'm letting that kind of sit right now. But it was a really intense weekend for me. So I, I mentioned that because we talked about fear. And I was putting myself into an environment where a lot of fear could potentially come up. And so a lot of something I recognized and I want to just report about this work that I know for a fact now is, is this, you know, how this work works. And a lot of people will say, well, how do you know it's working? And it is because there's a certain way that I've always known myself to be in environments that are uncomfortable for me. Uh, for example, like walking into a party with, you know, where you don't really know anybody, right? The tendency is to gravitate towards the person you know the best, I think. But we've all had that moment where we like walk into um, a party of some kind and feel that that discomfort, that nervousness, that anxiety, and then have to like deal with that. Or and that's usually where people turn to alcohol or they gravitate towards the kitchen and get food, trying to like calm down their systems and what I noticed, I was the only person that did all three days. Other people were kind of in and out of the program, depending on what they wanted to do. I was literally the first participant he's ever taken through a full three days. So I was kind of like his beta test pilot story of my life to be the first to something like that. Um, but what I noticed is I think that was one of the first times I've ever been a, in an environment I knew nothing about and just feel uncomfortable with. And then with a bunch of people I don't know who I have assessed, who I have judgments about what it is that they're doing and what it is to be in gun culture and what kind of people are attracted to that. And it was wild because for three days straight, my nervous system was completely leveled. I never felt anxiety meeting new people. Didn't really feel much about, it just felt like a really neutral experience. Like I wasn't excited about it, but I wasn't not having a good time either. Um, and that was like, a really big wow effect for me. Like I, I was like, wow, I'm like, I'm at that point in my experience where my nervous system doesn't get all out of whack. I don't turn to anxiety. I don't have trouble like shaking a hand of a person that I don't know. And that maybe I have some judgments around 
And that was like a really big, huge takeaway for me from this weekend about like how much work I've done to get my nervous system to a place where it just feels safe. And I was really, 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 really proud of myself for that because I've noticed that shift for the last like year, 18 months, maybe two years. And that that has come with some biological health, by the way, things that are a little too graphic to share, but like things that I know for a fact that my biology has done my whole life when I'm in environments like that, that suddenly it's not doing. Um, and so that's been amazing. And just to kind of contrast this, you know, for those of you guys who are going through MMI, and I'm, I don't think this is a wrong approach. I just think that it can be congealed now with the work that we're doing, if you want to th think of it that way. We, Elon and I used to be fear hunters. Like we used to sit around and literally think, what's the thing we are most afraid of doing? And that would be the first thing that we would go do. Like that was just how we drove our lives. And to some degree, you can argue that that's what I did this weekend also. Um, but that felt different because it wasn't about facing the fear. It was just like a calling. Like I couldn't, I couldn't not answer for some reason. Like if anybody's done plant medicine work or uh, suddenly met somebody and they just feel so inclined to get it, you know, like to bring that person into an intimate relationship with them. Like you just can't turn away from it. And it was this thing that appeared in front of me. And I'm like, I don't know why, but I just like my body's just gravitating towards this experience. And mentally, I, I wanted to have nothing to do with it. Like even the day before, I was like, maybe I won't go. Am I starting to get sick? You know, I'm like looking for I'm looking for an out basically, you know, of that experience. Um, and, and so that's how we operated. And I, I do think there's something to be said about recognizing and acknowledging and even honoring that fear is just part of the human experience. 100%. Like you're not going to offset it. It doesn't make any sense sometimes when you're afraid, like if you're afraid of heights or afraid of eating a certain food or whatever it is that makes you uncomfortable. Like I can't tell you what generated that experience most likely passed down to you. And I think there is something to be said about, hey, let's take that action anyway and see how that makes me feel. Uh, and I do think there's something to be said about being pushed into situations like that also that can be even more traumatizing at times. So I'd like to, for Elon, I mean, he could take it wherever he wants, but maybe like kind of pick up from where we are today and how we perceive fear. How do we work with it instead of trying to like be in opposition of it? Um, and then like what, what can be expected as we do that kind of work. And thank you guys for listening again. I really, really understand the repulsion to this kind of stuff. And again, I just want to say that's, that's what we did for millions of years before we gave our autonomy away to corporations to do that for us. And the reality is, you know, that's why I had to deal with this. Like somebody, somebody's doing my dirty work for me and am I okay with that? And am I okay with what's happening over there? And if there is another way to do it, I would like to investigate that, not just through experience, but through how it makes me feel uh, in my body. And I really want to give a shout out to him, uh, to this guy, his name is Chase, for doing this because it's not easy to find somebody who's so spiritually aligned simultaneously while doing something like this. Um, and that's why I decided to work with him on this. And also for people who do live in cities or in urban areas where we don't have an easy access to this kind of education. Um, yeah. And I appreciate that guys even coming from the vegans here. Cause like, I'm not, I'm not opposed to veganism. I, I ate mostly vegetarian for like two straight years to see how that would make me feel. Um, I, I'm for trying all the experiences and seeing and really <laughs> testing what's right for me versus, you know, what, what is told to you is the right way to do things. And 
I really wanted to do it from a really respectful place. I mean, my, my first questions to him, I, I were like, are we going to pray before an animal gets killed? Like I, that's, it's so meaningful to me because honestly, I feel just like you guys, the worst thing we can do is harm another creature that clearly has consciousness and emotions. Like you don't want to cause this animal pain. And I wasn't with people who were like, yeah, this is great. Let's, you know, blow their head off or anything like that. It's not about causing an animal pain. And in, and in retrospect, most of us are still paying for and voting for with our money for a system that does create an incredible amount of pain for our animal brothers and sisters. And so it's not about making you feel wrong about that because I'm as part of that as anybody else. But if we do want to change our reality, just like we want to change our inner reality, which is so important to get into alignment with, we need to get educated and be able to make decisions from a place of real experience. And uh, hopefully this story, even if you don't do what I did, inspires you to at least uh, take those things into consideration. Yeah, definitely uh, an edgy subject for a lot of people. And um, <clears throat> I would just kind of like sit with wherever you are about it and just actually like drop in and notice what you might notice in your body. And what I mean by that is like, leave leave your thoughts here for a second and opinions and judgments and whatever it is right like truth be told none of those opinions or judgments are yours anyway it's just things that we've all bought into and and now is our reality and you know it's 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 that but what's happening in your body is your actual real world experience of this and so some of you, if you kind of drop in and feel what's alive there, maybe there's like a, a heaviness in your heart that you're feeling. Maybe there's a discomfort in the stomach or solar plexus. And without trying to judge it, just see if you can witness what's arising. I'll give you guys a little bit of a map here. If you're feeling sensations around the heart, that usually has to do with sadness, grief, sadness. Also worth noting is if you have a lot of sensations around the heart, you're usually someone that uh, mourns or thinks about that which has already happened. So you're like a past-based person. So you're always looking back and getting sad about, you know, what happened or didn't happen, things like that. If you're having more sensations in the stomach, <clears throat> stomach soloplex area, that tends to be more of us future people. And we're the ones that are always worried about what's going to happen or not going to happen. So just an interesting thing to note, like if you want to know where your mind likes to ruminate, certain people tend to live in the past. Certain people tend to live in the future. If you live in the past, you're going to experience more sadness. If you're going to, if you're uh, a future person, you're going to experience more worry and concern. So just now kind of like feel in your system and see what's arising for you right here, right now.
And something that I think is very worth noting is that it doesn't matter whether it's Guy's story or your husband or wife saying or doing something or your kids saying or doing something or not saying or doing something. Maybe something happened at work. Maybe something that you saw in the news. Um, This is how we operate in life all the time. There's constant impulses, right? And those impulses hit something inside. And that something inside wasn't created today. It was created when you were between zero to call it six, seven years old. That thing got stuck in time. And there's impulses that poke and prod at that. And so see right now, like what, what got poked, what part just got poked. Do you find that you're experiencing more sadness? Are you experiencing kind of like angst, like a discomfort in that belly area? Some of you, I can kind of feel in the, in the space, you might even have like uh, a tightness kind of like in the shoulders back that area. And that could be just like rage and anger that comes to the surface as well. Right? Like a protecting or standing in protection of something. And so to me today, if I was to remake MMI, yeah, so Jeanette is, is feeling it more in her shoulders. Yeah, and there you go. You know, she says always there. Right. This is and just so you guys know, rage, anger, all of that stuff is actually just a protection mechanism for something underneath that. Right? Rage was uh or anger was a great way to protect our hurt little ones, like the sad ones, the abandoned ones, the alone ones, like, and then not only do you become a protector for yourself, but chances are you became a protector for, for others, whether it's other people in your life or causes or things like that. So just again, always like these maps are always interesting to note and then just kind of start to like view life from that place. And so today, if I had to take someone through this process, like I think fear is still the greatest teacher. So I wouldn't necessarily change anything about fear hunting per se. I really do believe that like if one were to sit and feel through their fears and you would experience liberation unlike anything that you've ever experienced in your life before. Here's my question. Do you think these fears that you have and have had since the time you were very, very young are currently impacting your life, like your day-to-day as lived life? When someone says something or you see something or something happens, and this visceral reaction begins to play out in your body, do you think that that is impacting your moment by moment as lived life? April says yes, 
Jeanette says yes, for sure. And Jeanette, I just want to read the other comment that you wrote. She said, funny, I was not allowed to be mad. I always suppressed that emotion, saw it as a loss of self-control. And so now that feeling that you feel, right, it's so perfect how you said that. It's like it almost, there's this like part that needs to hold back. For some of us, we hold back sadness. For other, we hold back grief. For other, we hold back this feeling of being alone. Uh, others of us hold back rage, right? And so when we don't allow the feeling to arise, or we don't allow the feeling to just be there and move through, what shows up is our resistance to that feeling. It's like the mind looks at what is happening down here and goes, oh no, it's happening again. This is not okay. And I want you to just ponder for a minute, how much energy are you expanding every single day in order to keep it together? or not fly off the handle or not cry for an entire day or not be a, you know, a lunatic or whatever it is. Like how much mm -hmm. energy are you expanding to hold back that dam of whatever it is that you have, whether it's fear, whether it's sadness, whether it's grief, whether it's rage. Yeah. Louis says way too much. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't measure it. But it leaves you all feeling exhausted, does it not? Like at the end of the day, you're like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. And you don't even know why. Like you could have had a great night's sleep. Chances are you're probably not having a great night's sleep, but you could have had a great night's sleep and you're still exhausted. So for me today... I wouldn't necessarily make someone, you know, face that fear and, and break an arrow on their neck. You know, I, I, I do still think that was like one of the coolest experiences of my life. I, I'd done it by the time of that event. I mean, I'd probably done it like six to eight times. Uh, and each time was, was profound. It was a really, really beautiful experience. Um, today, though, if maybe that was like Elon's, you know, father you know, masculine side. Uh, today, I would bring a lot more of the feminine, the mother side, right? And what I would invite all of you to do is like, what if you actually turned inwards and met that one who's really afraid or that one who's really sad or that one who's really alone? And what if you learned instead of having to like understand or bypass or overcome, or think that you're deficient in some way that you need to like, this notion of like keeping it together, right? So um, uh, who was it? Uh, Jeanette, right, was saying that like, I think it was her that said that she couldn't. Yeah, Jeanette was saying that she couldn't uh, let it out. So it's like, if there was a safe container where you could, in fact, let out that rage and then be met in the rage while still someone holding unconditional love for you, right? Because the fear is that if I let this out, you're all going to leave. 
and I'm going to be all alone. Mm. I'm going to have no love. I'm going to have no connection. That's the deep, deep fear. Like if we let this out, whether it's, you know, some of you, and I'm not stereotyping, I'm just saying generally these are the conversations that, you know, men and women have or like as we grow up. So like for boys, it was a lot of like, stop crying, be a man, don't be a sissy, like that, right? So for us, crying, like showing emotion in that way, for the most part, again, this is not like a 100%, but for the most part, that's kind of the culture that we lived in. And, you know, for most boys, they were informed early on that having emotions, too strong, sad emotions was not okay for a boy to have, right? That creates an imprint. So now every time I feel sadness, what am I feeling? I actually feel like something's wrong with me. I'm not supposed to feel this way. And then I look for ways to bypass or fix that sensation because someone said, this is not okay. A lot of girls got input that like, it's too much you know, you're too loud or you're, you're too emotional or whatever it is. Right. And it's like, that's an imprint. So now every time that you experience life that way, you internally go, there's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Here's my question. Is there something wrong with you? Or was it just really bad information that we received as kids that we've been playing out for decades now. Is it true that you can't be lovable if you're emotional or is it true that you can't be lovable if you're angry? Fuck that. You're human. The human experience is the breath of all of the emotions. We didn't come here to have like an emotion. We came into experience all of the emotions and all of the emotions are absolutely perfect. Like that's why we came here. If we didn't want to experience emotions, we'd stay up there or wherever that that is and be light and love and peace and perfection and well-being the entire time. And that's it. We call it a day. So why do we keep choosing to come here? Because we want the breath of all of it. Yeah. Alex and Alex, also one of our coaches has done a tremendous amount of work, says this great line. She said, I've been super irritable, irritable and impatient the last few days. And I still have that thought. There must be something wrong with me. And this is the way we operate guys in life. We've created these rules. Well, rules were for us. On us. <laughs> and then and then we created our own set of rules, right? Like I can be this way in front of these group of friends, or I can be that way in front of these coworkers, and I can be this way in front of my family, but God forbid I can never be this, right? Like we've all created that. Now you didn't sit there and write out a map for yourself and go, okay, in front of my parents, I didn't no, but it's like ingrained, 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 ingrained. You do something enough times, you burn yourself enough times, and it's like, no, this is not okay. And what most people do is they go down this path of trying to fix themselves as if there's actually something wrong with you. And I'm here to tell you, if you take nothing else from this, there is nothing wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Nothing. 
You didn't do anything wrong. You didn't mess anything up. You're a soul that came into human form, put on this weird ass skin suit and started running around to have different human experiences. And that's what we wanted. And so how can we say like, this experience is not good? No, you wanted all the experiences. So like, this is the perfect experience. Hey everybody, just let me know if I froze or if Elon froze. Ah, Elon froze. Okay. See if he comes back in. Yeah, and I think it's an important can you guys hear me? Just so I can check if you're with me still. Yeah, Elon froze. Okay. Thank you. So I'm sure he'll be back in in a second. Um yeah, and what I wanted to say, it's a it's a it's an edgy place to be. And maybe this is a, a moment of realization for everybody who's listening. And it's something we we really practice because it, it hits a very tender place, tends to be when it's said. And just check in with yourself right now. So just drop into your body for a moment and see if this resonates true for you. So like bring in the awareness down into the body. Okay, I'm here. And so the the fallacy that we all learned is that you have to do something in order to receive love. That's the fallacy. Like you had to accomplish something, you had to become something, you had to be some certain way. And then connection was extended to you through mom and dad. And that felt like, okay, well, if I mess this up, that connection will be severed into a biological social creature that is absolutely terrifying. Broski, you should be able to just refresh and come back in, by the way. So that's terrifying. So I want you to heed my words because this is maybe the first time you've ever heard this from anybody, is that you do not need to do anything to receive love. You literally do not need to do anything to receive my love or my awareness or my presence. And if you want a really healthy familial life, that is what you will extend to everybody around you as well. Because I, I imagine that the very same expectations and pressure you put on yourself internally, the judgments that you have, are then the judgments that you mirror and reflect back to everyone around you. Because if it's not okay for you, it's not okay for them. And so this is um, hardly, hardly, okay, something really strange is happening with our software now, but that's okay. Um, yeah, this is hardly a way to have unconditional love. And then the second aspect of that is you cannot extend anything to anybody else that you haven't extended to yourself already. 
Yeah, Jeanette's saying she's feeling that shockwave. So let me just slow down again because I really want you to get this. Like you, your purpose is, is that you are, okay? Like everyone wants to know their purpose. Your purpose is your beingness. You being, being, that is your purpose. There's no other purpose. You can have things you enjoy doing in life, things that you retrospectively learn through, things you want to generate and create in this world. Are those really your purpose? I don't think so. Because we can kind of, I mean, could we make that argument? Of course we can make that argument. But retrospectively, again, like if we're a soul in a human body, and so the soul's purpose is to be the soul, is to enjoy infinium, to enjoy all things that infinity has to offer. And so you being is enough. You the way that you are with nothing added and nothing taken away is the reason that you deserve love. And so why is it so difficult for us? Because we have these internal parts that we have not sat with, right? Like I get the conversation I had earlier, I prefaced it. So this is uncomfortable. It's going to trigger, it's going to trigger something inside your body. For some of you guys, uh, that makes me look evil in some way or bad, or how could I do that in some way? What you're not dealing with is that that's a sensation you now have in your body based on a story I told and that there's something we all have to deal with, with what is happening on this planet in terms of our relationship to other sentient life. And what we're, what we're voting for with our money on a daily basis. You don't have to deal with that. You can if you want to. But if you judge that internally, you're going to judge that externally. If you say, hey, that I would never do something like that. Okay, well, where is that coming from? And, and you can take this out to any, anything in your life. You know, a, a partner that you that says mean stuff to you, or that's your experience with them. And you go, I would never say something like that to them. Okay. Well, so there's a place inside of you then that you're looking and go, you don't get love when you act that way. That's a judgment. That's an internal judgment. Then you look out into the world because you avoid your own internal pain and you go, they shouldn't be doing that. That is pretty much the premise of, of all tribalism right there. Right. And again, not knocking it, but that's why the tendency is with like the vegan culture to be like almost religious about veganism and be like, well, I'm not eating food. I'm not eating that. They shouldn't be eating that. And I'm not saying all vegans are like that. And we all know those kind of vegans. We've all met those kind of people, but we could be that way about anything. I know people who first start personal development. I was that kind of person when I first got going. I thought I found the answer to all the things. And I was very pushy about what I thought I understood about reality and the matrix and how to disconnect from it and create those things. And that was an important, very important lessons for me to learn about when I speak from that place to people, it completely lacks attunement. And so to come back to my point here is that whatever internal judgments you have internally, wherever there's no compassion for the self, where there is judgment and you avoid that, you will turn around and put that on the world and then judge other people. And you're playing an internal power game of power over power under. And for people who feel powerless in this world, gossiping or having a judgment about another subsect of people makes them feel powerful, even if it's at the very subtle level of their body. But in that place, we will never have peace. We will never have authentic connection. We will never feel safe. We will never experience love. And so the, the rule of thumb is if you can't give it to yourself, you can't give it to other people. Try as you might. And many, 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 many of us try. And, and we try out of the distortion that we're in. Like I have never met a coach, not one, that hasn't built their business, me included, by the way, Elon included, that has not built their business out of the distortion. We go, we just want to help everybody. 
we want to help the world. We want to fix the things that are around here. And what we've turned away from is our own needs. This is a, a very prototypical thing that happens to people. Their needs aren't met. Over time, you abolish your needs. And either you try to, and now you try to get your needs met by helping other people meet their needs. But the problem is, is you never meet your own needs. And so you collapse once in a while and fall into this like pity party that nobody's there for you and you have to do everything by yourself and you feel disconnected and scared and all alone and to the ego that feels like dying. So it's like with fear or with anything else, if you are not willing to turn in, and again, that was the point of this experience for me, was to turn into something that I, I legitimately knew was going to cause me a great deal of discomfort because of my relationship to it. And those are places that I want to be able to meet myself there to expose parts that are hidden from my view so that I can bring love and compassion to those parts. And I won't make a choice about anything in my life anymore until I know that I can love myself there and all those hidden, dark, unlovable parts. And so much of our work is about how to support our ability to go into those places and not just re-traumatize ourselves, but actually help our system to view from an objective high vantage point, if you want to think of it that way, from, from higher consciousness. And then what kind of support does our body need to help that stuff move through and then love yourself through that experience. And when you do that, and that's why we sit, we tell people like, don't, don't come to this work and try to love yourself more or get more connection or feel safe or don't like leave all that stuff alone. Like just don't, you don't even need to have an intention for that because the natural byproduct of doing work like this is more connection, more love, more compassion for the self. And the moment that you internalize and have that here, the more you can give it to the world. Like, can you guys imagine me with all my preconceptions and judgments going into that environment where people are talking about guns and killing animals and this, this, that, and the other, which is again, very uncomfortable for me. And just being with those people from a place of judgment all weekend, then of course I'm going to be anxious because I've already taken my position against their position. So now I'm more about proving my point of view than just being in the experience and seeing what arises for me. They're cool with it, or at least the guy teaching with it, like that's his way of life. And for him, it's a spiritual experience, you know, regardless of what you think or agree or disagree about his judgment. And he still deserves love. He still deserves connection. Like every other human being, we are all doing this human experience as best as we can in our own way and through our own experiences. I would like to live in a world where I can accept everybody as they are. I know for where I want us to go as a human species, we don't get to go unless everybody in this planet gets love. And there are no exceptions to that. And I know those, there's those people out there that you feel like everyone deserves love, but not that person. What they've done is too fucked up. It's too much damage, too much violence, too much pain. Okay. At some level of reality, you're probably right. And from a, self, a soul perspective, if you think we are all one, then it's all one consciousness doing all these different things. The illusion is that I'm talking to anybody here at all. You're all just parts of me. And so if the, the goal is, quote, ascension for everybody through a place of love and compassion, then guess what? Even those reprehensible people, they get to come too. Nobody's left behind. And so within you, you also feel probably that you have these 
reprehensible parts, the parts that get angry or the parts that are sad or the parts you can't justify or the parts that come out once in a while or the parts that you have convinced yourself don't come out when they do. And you think, well, I want freedom. I want liberation. I want connection. I want love. I want compassion. I want all these beautiful experiences. Guess what? You are dulling your experience completely by not being in connection with those parts. And those parts, just like you, when you hear the only reason that you, there's, you don't have to do anything for my love. That's the conversation you should be having with every voice and every part and every sensation and every little subtle thing that happens inside of you that is scared or worried or fearful that it's losing connection and love. You get to go in there and be like, I ain't going anywhere. I'm right here with you. And that's a complete retraining of your system internally, because when your parts internal parts stop feeling like you're going to abandon them then they no longer live out here on an island by themselves that you have to like build a dam around or a wall around and try to keep them at bay they just reintegrate and they calm down because what you're teaching them is it's safe here it's fine and that makes it so that they don't have to run the program to try to make safety happen for you because that's all your parts are doing they still think that you're three, four years old and that you can't handle shit. They haven't seen all the things you've done in your life and all the resiliency and everything that you've been through. They are convinced that you're three or four years old and that some bad shit's about to happen and they got to show up to protect you. That's, that's why everything in your life shows up that way. Every thought, every feeling, every emotion, every sensation, it's there to try to protect so what happens when you can soothe the system through unconditional love? And these might be really wonderful insights for you. And they are like, even I'm sitting here going, wow, that's so beautiful. Hopefully you're having that experience too. And I'm also going to tell you, I understand that it can't be done through the mind. What I'm talking about here is something you need to directly experience and actually know how to work with your system. And there's absolutely a way to work with your system. Absolutely. That's what we teach. So if you want to know what those exercises are, how do I show up for myself that way? How do I work with other people to bring more health to my nervous system, to my attachment systems, like all these things that really, really matter in terms of creating a super high quality of life? That's exactly what we work on here on a regular basis. Okay. So I'm going to begin to wrap it up here. I want to remind you guys again, if you're in MMI and you need support, um, Tobias and Corey and our support team is always available to you. You can always email support at satoriprime.com. Whether it's something technical, login issues, can't find something, whatever it is, or if you're looking at Prime Your Abundance or coming to an, a live event, we're here to support you with anything you need. And you go at your own pacing. We're just here to kind of guide your experience as need be. Of course, we want to see you in our live coaching programs because that's where we can give you direct feedback on your experiences and and really set you down a path of mastery. And I think that's what you got to look at. Am I just here to play and kind of get my toes wet? Or am I really somebody who's like, I'm ready to make changes in my life and start living from these places that these guys are talking about that, that sounds so wonderful. But the only thing that has gotten Elon and I here is the commitment to this work. We've been doing this work for 20 years, but it's just because we're committed to it. So there's nothing, again, I say this all the time, nothing inherently special about Elon and myself. What is special is our commitment to the work. And there are things in your life that you guys are deeply committed to. And I would like praise and honor you, whether it's playing music or being an artist in some way or your relationship to your children. Like, you know, that's something that's a huge, huge thing. And like, you really want to begin 
by honoring everything, every experience that you've had, everything that you that you're going through right now. If you don't know how to honor it, you will not go through it. You cannot win this game if there is such a thing by opposing anything that's going on in your life. The quickest way through transformation is love every experience that you're in. I know that's simple, like a simple rule, not an easy thing to do because we need to learn how to meet our internal parts to be able to do that in a, in a really profound way. And that's, again, that's why we're here. So I'll wrap up again. I really would tell you if you haven't been to a live event or you want to join us again, please come take the 50% off, have 50 uh, down below at checkout. We'd love, love, love to see you there. Events coming up on September 23rd. It'll be here just like that. Okay. Thank you guys for uh, sitting with me today in this conversation with that I know may have felt uncomfortable at times. And that's important. It's to, to recognize where the discomfort is. Uh, Elizabeth, yeah, there is a replay that gets sent out um, about these things. And, you know, again, we're here. You guys have the community. Please take advantage of it. Please recognize the value of, of what's been built here, what people are building here, which is systems of support uh, at every level, no matter where you are in your journey. We're here to point on the path. Here's the path. Master these skills. You will be forever grateful that you committed yourself to it. And it's really, really up to you to do the work. We're just here to guide you so that we can, you don't have to make all the mistakes that we've made over the years. Okay. Love you so much, guys. Thank you for being here. We'll be back next week. Take care. Thank you, dear one, for choosing to share a bit of your day with us. We value you greatly. And as a way to give back and help you to deepen these practices, we want to invite you to join our incredible community on Facebook. You can do so easily by going to joinoldsouls.com and ask for an invite. This is our private community where old souls and seekers are able to grow and share their journey with others. We hold exclusive weekly live streams, we answer your personal questions, and offer valuable insights that we won't be able to share here on the podcast. So again, just head to joinoldsouls.com and grab your invite today. And as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please head to iTunes and leave us a review. It's the only way other people can find this show. So if it's making a difference in your life, please share the love. Until we meet again, have an amazing week, dear one.